Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. How are you doing? It is a fun, fantastic day here at the WandaNetDomesticShelters.org theater. This is Arcade, Nostalgia Memories Podcast, and I am surrounded by 10 million people at the time. This is a very special episode because we have three different gamers that are presenting three different games and it's insane it's bonkers it's it's uh out of the basket and uh, we had no no clue what's going on uh and and we just got another raid so uh first of all thank you uh angle Doom, oh. for the raid and our second raid isn't it coming in thank you so much for joining us uh if you do not know me actually i'm gonna wait a second on that because they're probably half of them are getting roll ads or something um yeah oh, fair enough. <laughs> Um, so in, in the meantime, I'm going to talk about our sponsor. WandaNet is our sponsor this month, and you too can be a sponsor of the EBC channel by visiting our uh, website, that's uh, www.ebc2021.com, and uh, subscribing to the Patreon at the $10 level, and uh, all you have to do is, uh, you know, contact me, and we will set you up as a sponsor of the EBC channel, and uh, basically the $10 level gets you at least a month uh, where you are the sponsor and you can present, uh, you know, whatever cause you like or something you want to draw attention to uh, in the world. And, and we'd be happy to do that for you. Uh, so our sponsor this month is WandaNet, and she would like to direct you to DomesticShelters.org, which uh, is a fantastic tool for going on uh, and searching your address and finding your local domestic violence shelter. And all of the local domestic violence shelters uh, basically have wish lists. And they say, these are the items we need for the survivors of domestic violence that we have in our care at the moment. There are certain items like toothpaste and toothbrushes and deodorant and soap and, and hats and gloves and... and um, uh, socks and things like that that are always necessary, uh, towels, but you do want to check with your local domestic violence shelter because they will have a list of what they specifically need, small things that you can donate that really do make a difference. And uh, of course, our sponsor, WandaNet, thanks you for your interest, and uh, please just go check out domesticshelters.org, and um, they will um, give you all the information you need on that. Um, so, uh, Arcade Nostalgia Memories Podcast. This is Season 1, Episode 8, and we are graced by the presence of the Gaming Avengers, all three of them at the same yeah. time in different locations around the world. I think Abby is in Switzerland incognito at the moment. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, we're very... Uh, um, uh, happy to have everybody here at the same time and, and get it all coordinated and, and make it happen. So I really appreciate mm -hmm. you. Now, to my right is uh, the ecstatic co-host of Arcade, um, who wears a whole bunch of hats um, and, and the hat changes every episode. So you want to make sure that if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, you stop by seriously the hats are worth the entire subscription price of zero dollars so if you stop by uh, we do the uh live broadcast of the podcast uh about every two weeks sometimes three uh it really depends on like scheduling and you know we've got all sorts of in real life stuff going on um but uh yeah aside from uh being able to uh 
present uh, different gamers with their favorite games and things like that, you get to see Cage, and and that's entirely worth it in my opinion. So, um, and uh, yeah, the gaming Avengers all together. We've got Ben, we've got Abby, we got Isaac. How are y'all doing today? Good. Good. I, are you? Uh, I'm I'm plugging along. I'm I'm here. I'm <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm freshly shaved and I'm ready to go. So uh, fair enough. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Isnib with the raid. Welcome, my fine sir, from across the pond. How are you doing, sir? And uh, all of the fine folks that came with you in Doom, who uh, raided us at the beginning, thank you so much for joining us. If you do not know me, my name is Scotty, also known as EBC, also known as uh, Cheap Knockoff Job of the Hut. And uh, what I do is I present a whole bunch of weird, random stuff that isn't normally seen on Twitch. We do public domain movie nights. We do um, this uh, fine podcast here. We do uh, all sorts of weird stuff uh, that if you want to uh, follow us and, and check out what's uh, happening on the ABC channel, I just suggest that you go to the website, which is uh, www.ebc2021.com, and that's where I keep my schedule, and I update it uh, as, as uh, often as possible to actually reflect what's going on, including, thing, you know, delays and uh, in-real-life stuff that, that causes changes in the schedule and all that good stuff. So <clears throat> that's basically all the information we have for that. All right, so... Gaming Avengers. We got three games today. It's actually going to be a longer podcast because uh, we're going to cover three games and a couple of extra stuff at the end. You're not going to want to uh, leave early. I've got some some special stuff just for you at the end of the podcast, so stay tuned. Uh, so let's come on over here. And uh, the three games that are going to be presented... Uh, first off, we're going to start with Abby, who is presenting The Last of Us. Uh, then her husband, Isaac, who right now is is below her on the screen in his proper position. Uh, he's going to be presenting uh, Donkey Kong 64. And uh, then the, the heroic leader of the gaming Avengers, Benjamin, is going to be presenting his game Mega Man X. So stay tuned. We're going to have all three games. It's going to be kind of like a shortened form where uh, in Instead of uh, giving an hour to one person, we're going to be doing three half-hour segments approximately, uh, and it's going to be lots of fun. So let's, uh, yeah, it, it, we're getting used to a little bit different format. We're going to take a quick uh, short commercial break, even though we just started, and then uh, jump right into Abby's playthrough of The Last of Us. So stay tuned. Okay, so uh, we're jumping right into it. The first uh, playthrough is uh, Abby presenting her game, uh, The Last of Us. Uh, let's start right away with uh, Cage. Can you give us some uh, background on the game here? Absolutely. Uh, so The Last of Us originally launched on the PlayStation 4 on Friday, June 14th, 2013. Um that day also was had some famous people celebrating their birthdays. Former U.S. President Donald Trump, pop singer Boy George, and actress Lucy Hale all celebrated their birthdays that day. Um, the game came out to a great critic review. Uh, it ended up garnering a 95 out of 100 on Metacritic, with some highlights being a 9.5 from Game Informer, 8 out of 10 from GameSpot, 10 out of 10 from IGN. Um, 
the game being a brand new IP uh, for Sony Entertainment ended up selling 1.3 million copies in the first week, 3.4 million within three weeks, making it the best-selling game of 2013. Uh, it ended up selling over 20 million copies by October 2019 overall in between the regular game and the remastered release on the PlayStation 4. Uh, so there's a little bit about the history of The Last of Us. All right. Uh, so so we've got this opening scene here um, that, you know, uh, when you sent me this playthrough, I thought it was, you know, pretty gritty and uh, in a little bit intense. Uh, uh, definitely some Walking Dead vibes. Um, mm -hmm. But I really enjoyed, you know, the, the cutscene basically that, you know, describes this. And this is the opening of the game, correct? Uh, yeah, it's within the first 15 minutes, I believe. Okay. All right, so, Abby, why don't you tell us more about, like, the storyline and what kind of a gameplay experience this is? So the storyline of this game is you have to essentially, and it, I believe it shows up later in, in the playthrough pretty shortly at the beginning because they got to set you up for the game. You have to take this young girl named Ellie to, at first you have to take her to the Capitol building. And then you realize, okay, well, crap happened, and now, oh, you need to take her farther than that. And you have to take her farther than that. And the reason, it, like, she is, <clears throat> needs to go to these places because she's immune to this virus that has completely overtaken the, uh, the whole world. Oh. And it's a, like a fungus, and that, I mean, the, the monsters, the zombies in this game are just gross and they're terrifying <laughs> but you have to deliver her because she's immune and they think that they can reverse engineer a vaccine from her so you have to deliver her to all these different places and throughout the game you develop this really close bond with this little girl um, because right at the beginning of the game Joel the character you play as for 90% of the game um, loses his daughter right at the very beginning um during like the initial outbreak and so he forms this connection with ellie and it's just it's it's really sweet and i love it that kind of scenario reminds me of um oh cage what's the movie um where there's no children like somebody set off a biological weapon and there's no children under the age of like 18 or 19 and and there's war and all sorts of stuff and then somebody I, I remember the main character's name is a young black woman named uh, key i think and she has a, a a baby and she's like the first woman that has a baby in this childless world now do you remember that isaac you're shaking your head yeah no you're just shaking your head yeah <laughs> you're shaking his head I, I watched the movie once. Yeah, I can't. I, I really do remember it. Uh, Ronathan is, is in chat. He's suggesting Children of Men. Children yes. Men. Yes, that's it. Okay. Thank you. Ronathan is the movie buff. Why, why the fuck aren't you on the podcast, Ronathan? You know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that, that, that storyline, just as you were describing it, was reminding me of Children of Men, how it's, it's the, kind of like the scenario where you've got this one person you're trying to protect and get to the place they need to be in this world right. that's destroyed and falling apart and it's it's difficult oh, as yeah. hell because nobody is is 
understanding the the severity of it and and the necessity of it right so yeah and you deal with a lot more than just zombies in this game too you also deal with like actual people which makes it worse <laughs> because they're trying to take your supplies they're bandits they're trying to kill you they blah 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 all these different reasons it's right. just like in real life people are the actual worst Yes! <laughs> People are the scary ones. The zombies just want to eat you. Like, okay. So, so where does the storyline go towards the end of the game? If you're, if you're, you're trying to get this girl to, what, DC? or? So you're trying to get her, I believe if I remember correctly, it's Washington. Like, state. Like, Seattle. Mm -hmm. I think. I want to say Seattle. I could be wrong. I know at one point you go through uh, Salt Lake City. Okay. Or like Nevada, that area. Yeah, that makes sense. And then, so you get her to the first location, this lab that she needs to go to. And then you realize that everybody in the lab is dead. So then you have to go through, find where to take her, and then you have to take her to a farther location, which is the base of this, like... I almost want to say, like, rebel militia group. They're called the Fireflies. Mm -hmm. You have to bring her to that second lab. And there's there's moments in the game where you play as Ellie because he Joel is really, really injured. That whole section is extremely, like, heartbreaking. He's not dead, but he's really, really injured. And she gets, like, kidnapped by this whole big group and you're like oh okay well they're not that bad and then you realize that they're all cannibals oh geez <laughs> it's 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 crazy they they waste they did no no reservations in this game well and and but it was i mean yeah. you know the walking dead um 28 days later like, you mm -hmm. know, you, you know, in that whole series, how, you know, you got the militia that's basically deciding they're yeah. going to repopulate the world by raping the women. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think that that's a hallmark of these types of storylines in our modern day. Like, even just within the last 10 years, in Walking Dead, how shocked everybody was when Negan killed Glenn. Okay. Yeah. You know, and 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 I'm going, dude. That, that that's just the storytellers trying to impress upon you just how brutal Negan actually is. We're not gonna right. we're not gonna you know f disguise it or try to play it down just because you know maybe this person over here thinks that's not supposed to be an entertainment. But you know, you want to tell a story and you want to be accurate in, in just how dire the situation is or something like that. You, you Absolutely. You should leave that stuff in. And if the, the game developers, you know, are starting to realize that with the storyline and say, okay, how, how can we, you know, push this societal envelope by leaving in all the stuff that otherwise would have been taken out because, you know, in the past that just wasn't a thing. Right. Absolutely. So, um, how how would you say this story in particular has impacted you? I mean, I mean, it's not something that I'm gonna take into my daily life and be like, "Oh my gosh, this is amazing." But like, 
it also there's pieces of it where you're like oh wow that's you know design choices and like you know you you start the game by carrying your daughter because she's broken her ankle and then she ends up dying later on right at the end of the game you're carrying ellie in the exact same way it's like very like touching and it really it's something that you do take out of the game away from you like the game was over and i remember just sitting there for like 20 minutes like what huh it's over wow and they you know they've already they've set you up for a sequel by the end by the time i played it like maybe a year after it was released it, they had already set you up for a sequel they already knew it was coming but like there's still like a part of you where you're just sitting there the credits are rolling and you're like Wait a second. And they tackle a lot of like, you know, people versus people, people versus zombies kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And like the connections that you form with people, cherish them because they're important. Right. Because you never know when the world's going to end. Right. So, I mean, that's something I took out of the game, definitely emotionally wise. Now, Abby, um, you you already just mentioned that you played the game about a year after release. A uh, question came up in chat from Short and Sweet. Um, was this a game that you knew you wanted to play as soon as it released, or was it something that you found out later on after it had been out for a while? Obviously, you didn't play it at release, but right. you can kind of... So I heard about this game right away, and I immediately wanted to play it, but I had to convince my parents because it was mature. So I had to convince my parents to let me get it. How old were you Because, I mean... Uh, 15 when I finally played it. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a year above the actual year. So in 2013 when the game came out, I was 14. Okay. So when I actually played it, I was 15. I had to convince my parents to let me play it because it was an M game. So I had to have my dad come with me to GameStop to get it and all of this stuff. But the minute I saw the trailer and like everything going on with it, I knew that I wanted to play it. And it was actually the first game that I ever played on my own outside of Sims. <laughs> that's, a, that's, that's quite a leap there from the Sims. I know! <laughs> Big leap. <laughs> to uh, The Last of Us, yeah. Yeah. So, so you basically were playing this when you were a junior or a, a freshman in high school. So mm -hmm. what, uh, what kind of an impact do you think playing this game from that period had on your childhood? Hmm. Well, it, so the big thing that I, I was thinking about if I was asked this question or something along these lines, this game set me on my path of enjoying story games. So this game set me up for one of my favorite games, Heavy Rain. It set me up to play, you know, any of those like really, really story based games like The Quantic Dream, The Walking Dead, anything by Telltale. This game is what put me on that path because this game is so story heavy. And and that's that's probably something then that has really influenced the games that you have selected over Absolutely. the last several years. You're you're gearing up more towards story-based games cuz you want to be involved in the story. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. See, and I find that fascinating from a psychological level that all of a sudden you were exposed to 
a game like this in your your late teens and you uh it impacted you in that specific manner then now for the rest of at least up until now your gaming career is trying to find more story-based games oh absolutely and like honestly i think it's kind of funny because me and ben butt heads now because of games like legend of Zelda skyward sword we're playing through that right now for the longest time ben could not stand that game i still i still think he doesn't like it but he can't stand it i played it and i fell in love with it immediately the controls that i didn't like didn't matter at all to me I was like, you know what? I'll push through them. I'll tough it out and I'll deal with it because the story is phenomenal. Ben, on the other hand, is the complete opposite where he's like, the story doesn't make up for bad controls. And so it's it's a dynamic that we get to bring into our channel, which I think is really, really cool to have that differentiation. Well, and, and the, ga- agree to that. the Gaming Avengers channel itself is an amalgamation of you three. And, and your your types of interest in games, your different styles of gameplay, like uh, Isaac is often referred to as the God Gamer. He's the best. Yes. He's the best gamer on the face of the planet. And, and he is he- wiping the floor with Elden Ring, Scotty. <laughs> wiping the floor. Um, he's got eighty hours on that already. Wow, <laughs> that just came out last week, right? Yeah. Have there even been eighty hours since it came out? <laughs> oh, I see you're on mute. <laughs> you're you're still on mute. You he's hit still, it twice. He's still on mute. What the fuck are you doing? There, there you go. go. There you go. <laughs> no idea how that happened. Uh, I had a really slow day, slow week at work, so oh. I had that pulled. So I made it possible. <laughs> so actual playtime might not be eighty hours. <laughs> right. And when you were at work, you're just like, "Fuck you!" I'm playing Elder Ring. <laughs> well, I mean, yep. I I probably had like eight hours total work to do over the week. So. Oh, okay. Well, next you week it's not going to be so easy. <laughs> All right. Um, do we have any more questions at the moment, Cage? Yeah. Um, this is actually like I just I had this one for you, Abby. So, um, when. I first played The Last of Us. I played uh, with Short and Sweet ne- sitting next to me. And I was forced to turn the game off after the opening sequence with Joel and his daughter. So um, my question for you would be, how did the prologue scene with Joel and his daughter hit you in the proverbial feels? So, I mean, I'll also take this from the perspective that I was a 15-year-old girl. So I was sitting there watching this and I was shocked at first and I I literally felt like I went through like the five stages of grief in like 30 seconds. I was like, no, no, she's not dead. Oh my gosh, she's dead. No, 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 why would they do that? And it's just like all of the stages of grief right then and there immediately. Um, By the end of it, I was just bawling though. Like that that small little transitional period that you give you between that prologue cutscene and the start of like where you actually start getting to getting to play like the 10 years or whatever years later i think it's 20 years um that that gap i just spent in tears i was just crying i was like no why would they do that (laughs) well and and, uh, go ahead cage i was gonna say you know to me that's the mark of a good 
you know, a good setup for a story, you know, that they can bring that out in the first few minutes of the game. Like I said, I mean, to this day, we haven't gone back to that game uh, because she can't get past that scene. Same the kind of thing happened if you ever saw the Pixar movie Up. I had to turn that movie off, and to this day, I've never seen the movie Up because someone will not watch it with me because we can't get past the first five minutes of the movie. <laughs> oh. Short and sweet. That you're cruel. You're, 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 you're stopping your your husband from watching. You know one of the uh, most fantastical Disney movies there is. But no, no I, I I I get it. I, I do. And and Cage, you're just gonna have to watch it. You know when she's not there or something. Yeah, <laughs> I figured as much. It's gonna be like your guilty porn. Oh, I gotta watch up. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, Joel, our Joel in the chat, um, you know, and we all are thankful for the fact that you don't have a daughter, Joel. Um, <laughs> Joel has a question about how does it stack up against games like Heavy Rain or like Uncharted? That's a really good question. So, like, I think that you could put this one in the same. Not the same level because they're very different, but this like the same almost category, I guess, as Uncharted. You know, third person shooter. You're still, you know, third person. You've got the connection. You've got the main character, and you know, ammo is limited. Things like that. I wouldn't put it under the same class classification as Heavy Rain, unless you're solely talking about story, because Heavy Rain is like almost entirely QTE and dialogue based. It's a playable movie. There's, you know, hardly ever any kind of thing where like shooting or doing that kind of thing. And if it's a, sh if you're shooting someone, it's a QTE. Very rarely do you actually have to aim. But I mean, like based sto solely off of story alone, I would put Last of Us up there with Heavy Rain because Heavy Rain was the other one that I was debating doing for this. I debated between Heavy Rain and The Last of Us. Thank God I ended up going with The Last of Us because you can't record audio from a PlayStation, apparently. From a PlayStation 3. So I'm very grateful I ended up going with that because I don't have the Heavy Rain one. The Heavy Rain remaster. I have heard so many uh, people that have issues, even including Joel with getting capture, getting audio, all sorts of things from the PS2 and the PS3. For There's a setting on there that you can you cannot disable. Right. That doesn't allow for it. But not only that, um awful. Some of the uh workarounds don't always work. Like the yeah. things that you can Right. But but then I in my understanding is that like when you get to PS4 and PS5 there's no problems whatsoever. Right. <laughs> And it's like, uh, you know what I think I'd rather do is maybe maybe try to run, you know, uh, you know, just working from my previous tech experience, maybe, you know, run it through a, a TV or, or a VCR or something like that, you know, just so you can have that, that something in the middle where it's still going to receive the sound, but then it's got a separate connection going out to something else, you know. Just to be, but you know, who wants to do that just to be able to capture from a PS2, you know? <laughs> right. right. Uh, that, that's terrible. 
Yeah. You know? All right. So, um, Abby, what um, you you were talking about? Uh, what the other game he mentioned? Let me see. What? Heavy Rain Heavy and Rain. Uncharted. Yeah. So Heavy Rain. Did you also play those around the same time when you were? mid-teens right after i beat this game i also convinced my parents to take me to gamestop to get heavy rain and beyond two souls i believe was already out by that point too so so which is bolter from quantic dream so basically your your entire uh young adulthood was convincing your parents to buy you games that otherwise they wouldn't buy you well convincing them (laughs) to let me buy them oh well there you go i thankfully had my own money i wasn't making them buy them for me but um yeah, it was, will you take me to GameStop so that I can buy this game? Because I'm not old enough to buy it on my own yet. And and was there, like, a lot of pushback on that? You know, they were concerned for your mental well-being? There were a couple of them. For Beyond Two Souls, they were very worried about it. But my parents are also very, like... I wasn't allowed to watch Spongebob. What? Kind of protective and concerned. So, Beyond Two Souls is... A game where you are a, you play as a girl. Um, uh, I forgot. Uh, Ellen Page changed to a he. I don't remember his actual name now. Elliot Page. Yeah. Um, back when he was still Ellen Page, they were still Ellen Page. Um, they they play as this. They're this character that has essentially an entity com- connected to them, named Aiden. And so it was very, like, ghosts and haunted things and other realms. And my parents were very not a fan of that. Yeah. But in, en- in the end, they let me get it because I think they were kind of like, well, we either let her get this or she's going to find something else. Um, is, is your family religious? Yes. Okay. And, 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 and Well, my mom is. My dad is... My dad was kind of the push that was like, just let her get this game. It's not like it's going to do horrible things to her brain. It's just a video game. Harm. <laughs> right. It's not, he was like, it's not going to do that. It's a video game. She'll be fine. But, uh, so, but it was that, that religious factor coming in that was making at least your mom go, eh, I don't know about this. And Yeah. And uh, yeah. you, you mentioned SpongeBob, but like I mean, the same with me. Uh, me and my brother, you know, we we grew up as uh, Jehovah's Witnesses, and my parents are still witnesses. But I mean, it was extremely strict. We we weren't allowed to watch anything that had anything whatsoever to do with violence, witchcraft, demonology, yep. any of that stuff, right? And and um, like I remember, we were allowed to watch only. The opening couch scene to The Simpsons. Nothing else. And the reason why was because of the violence that was in the itchy and scratchy cartoons. Yeah. You know, things like that. But you you mentioned Spongebob. What what specifically, if you don't mind me asking, uh, did your parents have against Spongebob? My dad had no qualms with Spongebob. My mom said that Squidward was too mean. <laughs> That is that is the only justification I've ever gotten from her. I was like, why wasn't I allowed to watch this? She goes, well, Squidward's just really mean to Spongebob and Patrick. And I was like, that's it? That's why I was deprived of that? I got made fun of in high school for that? Wow. 
I was like, my classmates were meaner to me than Squidward was to SpongeBob. I guarantee it. And she'd probably be like, yeah, they learned learned from uh, Squidward. Yeah. That's why you're not allowed to watch it. She was like, they learned it from Squidward. I wasn't allowed to watch Power Rangers. Too violent. Same, actually. Oh. Yeah, also had to deal with all, everything you've mentioned, Abby, I've also had to deal with it. So. Now, now of, yeah. cor- of course, you know, my parents loosened up a little bit over time. And, yeah, right. same. you know, as I got older, it was it was less of a thing. But, you know, like I remember my mom saying, sorry, you can't go to a Friday night football game because I've been to a Friday night football game and people are having sex under the stands. I'm like, no, 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 mom, that's not happening. No, that's not happening, guarantee it. <laughs> and especially not to me. Nobody wants to have sex with me, mom. Thank you. You know. Uh, so, the, uh, yeah, I totally understand that whole thing. But uh, it, yeah. it, it seems like, you know, at least you were persuasive enough with your dad's help to get past yeah. that. Or I just, like was sneaky. I did that a lot. I was really sneaky. Like, games, not so much, because those you can't really get. Um, But I think for two years, I was watching the TV show Supernatural. Um, And every time my mom would walk in, because I'd watch it on my my tablet or my Kindle, uh, because you could download Netflix on your Kindle, and I was just watching it on my Kindle. And my mom would walk in and be like, what you doing? What you watching? And I'd be like, oh, I'm watching Psych. For two years, she believed it. She never asked. <laughs> well, and that sounds like... So I was sneak- she doesn't know about it now, so if she sees this for some reason, she's not going to be like, wait a minute. <laughs> uh, and that, she knows now. That sounds like uh, one of our previous guests, uh, Steph Babies, who uh, I think it was Halo 3, the game she had presented, she was talking about how like her, her internet time was limited by her father, mm-hmm. uh, by a parental lock on the, the console. And she guessed right on the first try what his password was. So for years, she would just play for hours on end into the night, and he never knew about it, simply because she had guess, guessed the password right. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so uh, so base, uh, obviously, you know, you you then were able not only to to convince you because you, you you know you're talking about yeah you you can't just go and buy the games. It's probably it was probably easier for you to get alcohol or cigarettes at the time if you wanted them. Dude, I my mom would straight up be like, she'd go out and be like, here, there's there's beer in the fridge if you want some. Just don't get wasted. Don't go anywhere. I'm like, you'll let me do this, but you won't let me play a video game. No, but Are you I, sure your alcohol was way easier for me to get? But, but, like, think about it. You can stand outside of a liquor store, a store when you're 16 and go, yeah. hey, hey, dude, going in, you know, would you buy me some? And, and you know, might you might get lucky. Right. You can't do that at a video game store because that's weird she as fuck. She also like, conveniently forgot that up. I had a friend that turned 18 when I was 16. <laughs> well, there you go. So, like, I'd just be like, hey, here's 60 bucks. Are you going to pick this game up for me? And he'd be like, yep. There you go. I got you. He got your bypass, and she was never the wiser. Yeah. Mom, There's if you're watching this. Sneak- <laughs> <laughs> There's a mom- lot of sneaky things that you could do as a kid. But, like, it, was, it wasn't ever because I was just trying to be a bad kid. It was because I was trying to do play the kinds of games that I wanted to play. You know? 
that's my justification for it. Right. So Abby's mom, on behalf of Abby, I want to apologize for just how much <laughs> shit she caused without your knowledge in in the years between 15 and 18. And uh, I, I am really sorry. You know, she she's she's a fine young woman and uh, she turned out just fine despite your, your worries. Your, your your typical motherly worries, but I, I just want to apologize on her behalf. So, <laughs> um, yeah, as Joel is uh, commenting in our chat, that, that's what I was thinking of. Like, you know, you can stand outside of a liquor store and go, hey, hey, dude, you know, rando walking in, you know, I'll give you some extra cash if you go in and buy me some alcohol. Clearly, I'm underage, and they're like, I give or don't give a shit, you know. You say, Are you going to stand outside a GameStop? And and talk to the rando walking in like, hey, dude, I'm under 18. I can't buy The Last of Us. Can you go in there and buy it for me, please? <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like 90% of gamers would just be like, yeah, sure, I guess. <laughs> uh, funny, funny enough, that happens. I promise you that happens. Wow. Yeah. Like, See, now would, it's harder to do it that, though. But... Like, now they don't really have to do that, though. All they have to do is, like... Enter fake information and buy it digitally. Or, uh, like, GameStop, for instance, does uh, same... They partner with DoorDash. They do same-day delivery of a okay. game. You can buy a game on the website, have it delivered to you same day. You just, oh, I need to be over 18 to buy this? Okay, yeah, sure, my birth date is blah, 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 1965. I'm over 18. Right. What do you know, computer? <laughs> yeah. I was smart when I lied about my age, though. I put, like... I made it so that I was just barely 18. So, like, I, when I when I was, like, I was 17 or si when I was 16, I did, like, you know, 98. 1998, because I'm 99. And so then I would just... <laughs> I'd make it so that I was just barely 18. I mathed it out 90% of the time. I was like, okay, <laughs> it's this day. What this? Da, 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 this year. <laughs> So, so that takes me back to what I said at the beginning, that Abby's in Switzerland incognito because you are one yes. sneaky bastard. <laughs> <laughs> That's me. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, I think you married a spy. Yeah, there spy. you go. <laughs> uh, any more questions we got to get to at the moment, Cage? Nope. Okay, nope. so we are clear. if you were in the live chat right now, uh, if you have any questions for Abby, we're going to be moving on here in just a few minutes. Uh, go ahead and put them in the chat. We'll ask them real quick. Abby, do you have any other uh, like specific memories associated with this game? Uh, like, for instance, you come across this particular scene in the game when you're playing it again now, and it, it instantly takes you back to this moment in your history? I gotta say, like, just like... I feel like I constantly come back to this game all the time. I was playing Breath of the Wild the other day, and one of, like, I was looking out at all the scenery. It was super pretty. And I looked and I went, this reminds me of The Last of Us. Because The Last of Us was, like, the first connection I had to, like, just really, really gorgeous scenery and, like, gorgeous backgrounds and really uh, just, it looks amazing. And it was like any game now that I see that where I look out at the scenery and I'm like, oh my gosh, that looks so beautiful. I'm always like, like kind of like The Last of Us because that was my first experience with that as somebody who'd only ever played Sims before that. <laughs> that like it's it was incredible. It opened up a whole new door of like 
games can look like this? So like anytime a game has really, really pretty scenery, I always kind of come back to it because it's it's almost like a root for me. Mm. So it's actually other games that are reminding you of this game. Yes. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, so um, that's The Last of Us. Uh, when did it come out again? 2013. 2013. I have the memory of a goldfish, so uh, I might ask you yet again in the last two minutes of the gameplay here while we're wrapping this up. Uh, so 2013, uh, and you were 15 at the time, and uh, you said immediately after that, then you got into some of the other games that are very similar. Um, yes. Is there any other style besides this uh, format of um, uh, in, intense, you're in the storyline that they have created? Aside from those games, are there any other types of games that uh, hold your attention and, and you really like to, especially like if you want to switch it up, change it to something different, and this is what you go to? Lately, lately I've gotten really, and this is all thanks to to Ben. I don't. I think Ben is above me yes. in the podcast. Yeah. Uh, lately, thanks to Ben and my husband Isaac, they have really, really gotten me into Legend of Zelda. So I'm super into those games right now. Okay, and are you Which, playing through the whole series? I have played through. I we've done Majora's Mask, Ocarina of Time. In that order, we did Majora's Mask first. Ben was not happy with me. Nor should you. That's that's sacrilege in itself. Yeah, no, man, you gotta go. I want to play Majora's Mask because of Ben drowned. I grew up on that creepypasta, and I was like, I want to play the game that that's based in. So we played Majora's Mask first, and it was also Halloween when we started it. Hmm. Um, then we played Ocarina of Time. We played Twilight Princess, which I loved. Um, we're playing. We played Breath of the Wild. Um, we're playing through Skyward Sword right now. Which Ben hates. <laughs> Sky yes, yeah, Ben hates Skyward Sword. Don't get him started on Skyward Sword. He'll rant for three three hours and we'll lose three followers in the process. <laughs> oh, boy. No, that's fine. I don't think I've played any other ones, though. At least not the, off the top of my brain. I'm probably forgetting one. I think that's all we've done. Yeah, I was like, I'm pretty sure that's how we've played. And, and but I'm also on my like my third playthrough of Breath of the Wild. I've just keep restarting it. And and the best one out of all of those is Skyward Sword because it, it, it's the best game on the planet, right? Yes, right, ben? <laughs> that. It's, yeah, it's ben. my favorite game of all time. <laughs> <laughs> you got to grit the teeth when you're saying, "Ah, it's the greatest it's game." <laughs> Oh, okay. All right. So uh, that is The Last of Us, presented by uh, Abby, who is uh, one member of the Gaming Avengers. We're going to take a short commercial break and then come right back for the second game, and that is uh, Isaac's presentation of Donkey Kong 64. Stay tuned. All right. Welcome back. I know that was... Uh, an absolutely uh, unnerving commercial break, but uh, thank you for sticking with us. Uh, Donkey Kong 64, it looks almost exactly like The Last of Us. Um, oh, yeah. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta turn that down here. Yeah, hold on, let me get... Gotta fix this one thing. There we go. Okay. 
All right, so Donkey Kong 64, as I had mentioned in a previous episode, it seems like a lot of people, not only in our community, but in Twitch at large, um, this is, the, for the most part, the stuff that you kind of grew up with. Uh, starting primarily with the N64 platform, the, the PS1, the Xbox One, or not the Xbox One, the Xbox, you know, um, and... You know, those games that were very popular in the 90s um, seem to be like a huge influence on such a, a big portion of the people that are on Twitch and other, other places as well, but it, it, primarily because of the age range, it seems, which most of the people are on Twitch are right around 30 years of age. I, I'm one of the oldest people that I know in our community. I'm going to be turning 40 in May, and, and I feel every bit of that 40 in my knees. But even I, you know, I, I, I don't think I actually played Donkey Kong 64 at any point. I, I do know that I played, like, a few of the Donkey Kong uh, games on SNES. Um but like we were playing, our our grandmother bought us an N64, and then you know a few games, and then of course renting games at the video store. So so we had like uh, Mario 64, we had Wave Race, uh, uh, our friend had Pod Racing that he brought over. So I'm I'm familiar with the the 64 games. So, uh, but Isaac. Uh, uh, Donkey Kong 64, obviously, if it's it's playing this big a part of your childhood, you, you're not only a, in that age range, but you also are very familiar with the, the kind of styling between uh, the N64 style of gameplay and, and the other games that are related because of that, that range and that time period when this sort of thing was popular. Mm-hmm. So, um, what what is it that um, why does this appeal to you, and and what 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 is the big draw even now and today? Yeah, so uh, the Nintendo sixty four was actually like my first console, um, and my brother and I would play together all the time on it. So we had things like uh, Ocarina of Time, Donkey Kong sixty four, obviously, and all sorts of stuff. Uh, on the 64, but no other real video games uh, when I was starting out playing. Um, I mean, we obviously had like things on the computer, like the pinball game and stuff, but uh, for the most part, the Nintendo 64 was gaming in my childhood. So all the games have a very nostalgia feel to them. And... Um... Are, are you playing on, like, your original console when you do this? Or well, what's the platform now for you? Yeah, for... I have it on the Wii U. Um, okay. It's not the console I prefer it to be on. But um, a while back, we ended up selling our Nintendo 64. Um, not to my preference, but... Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, got rid of all the games, unfortunately. We had, like, the golden Ocarina of Time one, so... Ooh. I was kind of upset about it, but yeah. So mostly modern consoles I play the Nintendo 64 games on. Okay. Uh, we just got the 
access to the Nintendo 64 stuff on the Switch. So okay, I'll probably be moving over to that. That leads me to ask how, uh, because like I know, I, I tried playing on the Mario All-Stars cartridge on SNES, um, the original Mario 3, and even the other ones, and it's just, it did not work for me trying to play that on SNES controller. So how, how are you dealing with that aspect of it, having played on the N64 controller, uh, with that being your first console, and now having to do it on more modern consoles with those controllers? Definitely a learning curve every time I come back to it. <laughs> um, very different from uh, how the controls originally worked. Like throughout my playthrough, like just now uh, or just a little bit ago, I kept walking back and forth through the doors because I would forget the controls and stuff. Um, but uh, it takes a little bit to get used to, but once I do, I, I get into a flow and can play fairly well. Okay. And no, you didn't black out, Cage. Uh, I, I'm just a fucking dumbass. So, <laughs> uh, we're gonna do it live. Um, Cage, why don't you tell us a little bit about DK64 and you know the history around it? Okay, Scotty. Um, and we'll, we'll forgive you for it because this is not our typical format. Usually, you only right. have to kick it over to me one time. So, um. So yeah, Donkey Kong 64 came out on November 2nd or November 22nd, 1999. Uh, it shares birthdays with uh, tennis legend Billie Jean King, actress Jamie Lee Curtis, actor Mads Mikkelsen, and funnily enough, two Avengers. Since we have the gaming Avengers, actor Mark Ruffalo and actress Scarlett Johansson are also uh, born on November 22nd. So I feel like that's appropriate for uh, one of your guys' game choices. <laughs> um, the game came out, it was generally regarded in very high uh, fashion, uh, getting a 90 out of 100 in Metacritic. Uh, some highlights of that being 4.8 out of 5 from GamePro, 9 out of 10 from GameSpot, 9 out of 10 from IGN, and 8.6 uh, out of 10 from Nintendo Power. Always find it funny when Nintendo gives a game, their like big games a later rating than uh, other places, but yeah, whatever. Um, while the game did have some critical uh, complaints about certain things, uh, one of which has already been brought up in a uh, chat question, um, the game did end up going on to be a big hit during the holiday season in 1999, uh, and has as of 2004, had sold 2.4 million copies worldwide. Uh, and it also had uh, it also had one of the awesomest looking custom consoles for it. There was a uh, like a see-through lime green N64 uh, that was available with Donkey Kong 64. And it was one of the two games that actually required the N64 expansion pack. So. There's a little bit about Donkey Kong 64 for you. All right. Um, so, Isaac, why don't you take us now through, like, some of the storyline and the gameplay aspects of it? Yeah, so I just recently found out uh, it comes at the end of, like, the Donkey Kong Country mm -hmm. uh, games. So it comes after, I think, Donkey Kong Land 3. Um, but basically, King K. Rule comes back in a giant mechanical island uh, with a big gun to destroy Kong Island. 
And uh, the only reason he fails to do that at the beginning of the game is because his minions are completely inept um, and crash the island and disable the big gun. Um, so to buy himself time, King K. Rool kidnaps Diddy uh, and the other Kongs and steals all of Donkey Kong's golden bananas. I hate when people um, steal so my then... golden bananas. Right. Right. All the the worst. <laughs> um, but Guac, the little bird we saw at the beginning, uh, comes in and tells Donkey Kong that his bananas were stolen. All of his, uh, all the Kongs were imprisoned by King K. Rule, and then he goes and talks to. Uh, never remember the doctor's name. <laughs> um, but he gets the power up so he can go and help rescue him. Um, and then he goes out and meets, uh, terrible with names, but King K. Rules, I think his son, um, the, the big alligator crocodile thing in the cage, uh, and he gets him to help open up other areas of the island, uh, to go, and then, like, in Jungle Japes, he rescues Diddy Kong. Um, and he goes and rescues all the Kongs, and they get, gather up the bananas and other uh, stuff uh, to be able to disable the gun permanently and beat King K. Rool. Now, um, so this was your your first console. Was it actually your first game on the first console? I don't think so. I think my first game on the console was uh, either Ocarina of Time or 007. Uh, well, what is that, GoldenEye? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I've heard 007 GoldenEye is uh, notoriously difficult mm -hmm. on the 64. So, But you essentially latched onto this one. Yeah. And, and how many tens of thousands of hours of gameplay do you have into this one? Uh, not as many as Elden Ring. Okay. <laughs> um, it, it's a shorter game, I think. Um, but I probably have somewhere north of 40 hours. Okay. Um, so what specifically appeals to you about this particular N64 game? Yeah, so I like the level building. Um, I like that it has a central island that you come back to and you have to open up uh, different parts of it to progress in the story. Um, I also love collection games. Uh, so the fact that I had uh, the golden bananas you had to collect, there's a hundred bananas for each uh, Kong in each level. Uh, and then you can also upgrade your characters and stuff. Uh, all that kind of all in one package is what I really like about uh, Donkey Kong 64. And it was the only one for the 64 that I had that was like that. And that, that seems to um, remind me of Tubaswan playing Banjo-Kazooie because the, the, the collection elements were also very heavy on that. And not only like yeah. one or two items, there was like six or eight different items that you were collecting over the course of the whole game. Mm -hmm. And have you, uh, have you 100% completed this? Uh, I think I did it once. Okay. Um not recently, but it is generally my goal 
for games like this to collect everything. So, okay. And what you, about like? You mentioned. Go ahead. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Cage. I was going to say you mentioned um, that you have one hundred percent of this. Uh, a question came up in chat that was kind of right along this line. Um, does the collectathon aspect of the game take away from it? at all for you because that was that was the thing i mentioned earlier that was kind of a critically generalized complaint is that there was too much to collect in this game so yeah do you feel like it took away from the game for you uh, i honestly don't um there are games that i've played with collectathons where it's like grueling to go out and collect all the collectibles you need to progress in the story but um i feel like donkey kong didn't have that as much as like modern collectathon games um so i don't think it detracted from the game at all sorry i'm reading chat <laughs> <laughs> yes ben that, that's that's ben over there he's he's oh uh, my he's here Unless you asked me to, I couldn't say no. Oh boy. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you're if you're watching in our live chat, I want to apologize first of all because apparently my internet is really shitty today. I've been dropping frames unbelievably, so uh, worse than probably any stream in the last six months. So uh, I apologize for that. Uh, I, I will, you know, suggest maybe check out the VOD. Um, if uh, if you're having fault. problems with it, yeah, it's all Ben's yeah, fault oh because not it only usually is not only is it his birthday and he loves Bowser, but he's also you know uh, not knowing you know where Kaji Blaze is and and having to hold up his hand to wave at Kaji Blaze and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just we just have Chaos. a lot of fun here with all this bullshit but just know that having yeah. all three of us on here at the same time is the reason this is happening because when all three of us are together it's chaos fighting i mean because it's, it's it an avengers level threat <laughs> i mean it it might be but I, you know I, mm -hmm. i'm not i'm not basically running anything on my computer that's any worse than anything we've done previously and it's just you know Every once in a while, it's just taking a shit. And then, I, yeah, we, we really have to work on our internet connection, and hopefully that's going to be sorted out. But in any case, uh, yeah, the, the recording is perfectly fine. So um, if you if you are having trouble watching the stream, I, I suggest, you know, just going back and seeing the VOD afterwards. Um, mm -hmm. And we'll, we'll at least uh, appear properly there. Except for Ben, who just, I don't know. He's he's got he's got problems in that corner, man. Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah. He's got ninety nine problems, but Bowser ain't one. <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh. Sorry, we're taking away from Isaac's time. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Isaac's just down there, like ah. Oh. Hey, hey, hey Isaac, welcome to being married. That's what it's going to be for the rest of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh well, it, uh, we're we're gonna have plenty of time in Ben's segment to make all of the Bowser and birthday jokes. Yeah, that we can possibly I'll save the rest of my Bowser there. jokes. So, yeah, stay stay tuned. That's coming up soon. Uh, yeah. 
Anyway, uh, back to Donkey Kong uh, 64, not to be confused with any of the previous ones. So uh, have you since gone back and played any of the Donkey Kong games that came before it? And, and not necessarily like the retro games, the the uh, the ones that were for SNES or arcade, but more primarily I'm thinking of like the uh, SNES ones, the, the Donkey Kong countries and, and those ones that also have a lot of these more specific story elements created by Nintendo coming into it. Did you go back and play them, and how do you think that compares with the the experience of playing this on the 64? I have gone back and played a couple of them. Um, I haven't really enjoyed them as much as I did uh, 64, um, but that's mostly because I like 3D play platformers um, compared to like the Donkey Kong style 2D platformer. Um, and then uh, the, the same way going forward, like I don't know if there's anything that came after this, like story-wise, um, because didn't they start shifting then more into like only using them for like Smash Brothers and? I was gonna say they did they did revive it. Um while Donkey Kong sixty four was kind of pretty critically acclaimed, they started doing some weird stuff like after the sixty four, like with like Donkey Konga, if you remember that game on the GameCube, um Jungle Beat and Barrel Blast, uh like on uh on the GameCube and Wii. Um but they did realize that people wanted that kind of like return to the Donkey Kong Country, we'll call it, style of game, and they did uh, they did bring out um, Donkey Kong Country Returns on the Wii, and then Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze on the Wii U, um, and those are a return to the side-scrolling uh, style like the SNES games, and were very well well received. Okay, so this... Can I... Or... Go ahead, Ben. Um, the reason why they haven't done, like, a this style of game yet is because Microsoft bought Rare. Just... Rare was the one developing these games, so... Yeah, that's... Yeah. So it seems like this, this one uh, that was on the 64 platform is probably, like, the pinnacle of storyline surrounding the the donkey kong universe universe where they they basically explored and and came up with a, a broader storyline that was typical of some of these 3d open world and and even rpg games that they uh, were on the 64 right okay uh do we have any questions in chat cage Yes, um, I got two questions that have been brought up in chat, and if anyone else has any more, please feel free to drop them in there. Um, so we'll go with the, uh, we'll, we'll save the best one for last, I think. So uh, Isaac, your wonderful wife, Abby, actually uh, typed a question in chat. Um, you mentioned that you played this game with your brother. Uh, were there a lot of moments where you fought over the controller, or was it easy to pass back and forth without arguments? And I'm assuming she probably knows the answer, but it might be a funny answer. So, I don't know. 
don't think there were arguments per se, but there were definitely times when I was playing on a controller that wasn't plugged in. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, he pulled that on you? Oh, oh boy. Come on, Omen of the Overlander, get with the program! Um, <laughs> but no, for, for the most part, we, we shared control of it fairly well. Um, I think we uh, did a thing where wherever, whenever we needed to switch Kongs, uh, we would switch to Twitch who's controlling them. So, like, Caleb would have Donkey Kong and Chunky Kong, and I would have Tiny and Diddy, uh, and things like that. Hmm. Gotcha. Now, uh, did this have the ability to have four players? I don't think so. I think this was a strictly player. single player game. Oh, single. Uh, okay. Game. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because I know N yeah, so... N64 was the first to have that, that capability to have up to four players at the same time, which came into play, obviously, with, like, pod racing and Mario Kart and that, but I didn't know if any of yeah. these had some of those multiplier aspects. No. Yeah, and I, I think and... the single-playerness of it was another one of, like, the kind of critical issues that they had with all the Donkey Kong Country games on the previous console being two players. So. Oh no, it's the armadillo of death. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the first time I was filming me, it killed me like three times. <laughs> you, the gamer god? <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it takes a little bit to get used to the control. Especially if you haven't played for a while, too. I mean, yeah, you're mm -hmm. talking about that transition going from the N64 controller that you were used to as a kid and now playing it on a modern console with the, the different uh, positions and the buttons and all that. But, uh, yeah, if you haven't played it in forever, uh, coming back to it and you're like, oh, yeah, that thing was there, and, and now I'm dead because I forgot it was there. You know? <laughs> Mm -hmm. But, um, well, uh, go ahead. I was gonna say, so, uh, our one and only Joel, because you know he always asks the hard hitting questions in the chat. So, Isaac, Joel wants to know if you had to recite the entire DK rap or go to jail, could you do it? I would probably be in jail at this point. I used to be able to, <laughs> I used to be able to, but I can't any longer. Uh, can, can you at least give us a sampling? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, never much. I don't think ben so. Ben can do it. I bet Ben can do it. it. It is definitely one of my favorite games, but it has also been, like, over a year since I okay. played through it a lot. So. Isaac, you have to nominate Ben to do it in your steed. Ben, do you got this? So you don't go to jail. Uh... I know that. He's finally back. Right. <laughs> take some tail. Put your hands together if you want to clap as we take you through this monkey rap. <laughs> Donkey Kong. Now he's the leader of the bunch. You know him well. Uh, I, that's as far as I got. Oops. <laughs> now you gotta do a dab. And then, uh, <laughs> the dab. No, I'm not doing the dab. No, why not? 
Oh, that's fine. Well, As you guys can tell, I'm the negative peer pressure on our channel. <laughs> that's fine. We'll, we'll get to that in the next segment. Uh, when Ben <laughs> is presenting his game, there's going to be plenty of dad moments in that, right? Pretty much. Yeah. All right, so uh, Isaac, um, walk me through like a little bit more of your childhood when you were playing this game, you know, uh, the kind of impact it had on you, some specific memories around this game that you have. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I was probably six or seven when I started playing, uh, so probably a couple years after it actually came out, um, but... So where we're at right now um, used to be our garage when we were growing up. Yeah. And that's where we had our Nintendo 64 set up. We had it in the attic of the garage. Um, so whenever I play this game, it always reminds me of me and my brother sitting up here on boxes and folding chairs uh, set up with our little itty bitty TV playing uh, Donkey Kong 64 uh, and other Nintendo 64 games um, so it's it's always been it always brings back the feelings I had when I was that age um, and it was really what helped me and my brother connect and grow our relationship uh, quite a bit so so you're saying where you actually live now is like that space you know renovated or mm-hmm Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so like you know, this, this this has always been one of my favorite uh, questions to ask over these podcasts. Is you know, do you have any like specific memories of uh, something that were triggered by like a moment in the game, or vice versa? When you walk into the room, are are you reminded of this moment back when you were playing this, however many years ago? Yeah. Uh, not specifically with Donkey Kong, but I. I always remember um, Caleb uh, would be, he was playing Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time and he was riding through Hyrule uh, on Epona. And that that's always what comes up when I walk into the room. And, yeah. That's, that's pretty cool. Um... And I, I love hearing things like that. You know, these these good memories that are associated with something that almost seems random. You you're walking into a room, and all of a sudden, you that flashes through your mind because it was such a big impact on you at that time, however many years ago. Yeah. Um. So, uh, what else was like um, your what caused you to like uh, pull this game with you throughout your gaming history and and to the point where even now maybe you'll you'll go back and revisit it mm -hmm. uh i just i really like the graphics and style of this game um and once again i i love collect-a-thon games mm -hmm. so <laughs> have you found uh, other games in that style that are similar to this that you also enjoy yeah, I, I've recently found uh, they're similar aged games, but I recently played through Banjo-Kazooie and uh, oh, what's the other one? There's another one that's like 
the exact same game as Banjo Kazooie, but uh, different um, characters. That was from the same era or newer? Uh, similar, I think. It's got the same or slightly better graphics. Okay. Because uh, I was going to say they, they made the, the uh, Yuka Laylee. Yeah, like that's a spiritual sequel to uh, mm -hmm. or successor to Banjo Kazooie. Yeah. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so that was the other one I was thinking of. Okay. All right. Uh, if there's any other questions for uh, Isaac uh, concerning the game he's presenting, uh, Donkey Kong 64, if you would put them in your chat uh, in the chat here immediately, and we can go ahead and ask them of uh, our guest who is isaac of the gaming avengers he's uh one third of the total even though he's gamer god and and probably <laughs> like i mean he just he just plays all the gaming avengers games anyway remotely with his mind if he's not actually in yeah. front of the screen yeah, with exactly. the controller. Uh, anytime we have won it's because isaac has been there <laughs> pretty much okay but you guys handled killing Majora together. I wasn't there for that. Okay, you know what? You're right. But you were there in spirit, which is why we won. What's that last question from Joel? Uh, touching back on his collect, uh, his question about collectathoning that I uh, asked. Um, he's asking, do you do you hate it, love it, tolerate it? I mean, you kind of said that you you know collectathoning games are mm -hmm. definitely your bag so i don't know i mean touch touch on your uh idea of what makes a good collectathoning game versus um just tedious work yeah so i i like a collectathon that allows you to go out and collect 100 percent of the items uh but to proceed with the game you only need to collect like 50 to 60 percent of them so it does it keeps the flow of the game but also has that collectible uh side to it uh so you can come back to the game uh to levels after you've beaten the game or just before you beat the game and collect everything if you want to or you can just go ahead and finish the game um so like this one having a hundred bananas per character but you only need 50 or 60 of them that you find throughout the course of it is in my opinion, a good way to do collectathons, as opposed to Breath of the Wild having 999 Koroks. <laughs> Just excessive. <laughs> there, there, there is an upper limit to how many collectibles you should have, uh, and 999 definitely exceeds. <laughs> it's a little bit of excessive there. Mm -hmm. Could be worse. Could be 9,999, mm -hmm. you know. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, you'd be picking those up with every step, though. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's uh, Donkey Kong 64. Uh, we're going to take our last commercial break. Stay tuned. Ben from the Gaming Avengers will be right back with his game, Mega Man X. One second. All right, so we're back for the uh, the final playthrough of the uh, Gaming Avengers. 
And uh, that is the masterful leader. Uh, at least... Uh, I'm not the leader. <laughs> I'm not the leader. Ben is the leader. Ben is the leader. Ben is so the leader of the game of Avengers, yes. Uh... I'm... <laughs> I mean, it's it, a title it, we've handed to you, Ben. You don't have a choice. Yeah. It, it, it is. I mean, your, I'll take the burden. It is your birthday, so just shut up. Um, <laughs> Mega, Mega Man X is uh, the game Ben selected. So, Ben, why don't you uh, start by telling us about um, the storyline? Where does this fall in, like, the Mega Man history? Uh. So we don't actually know. Technically, the fans have determined that there might be two timelines, but uh, Mega Man hasn't said anything about the timelines, but alright. Context of this game. Uh, you get thrown into it right away at the very beginning. Uh, you, you're basically been asleep for like a hundred years. Um, Jesus, I was hearing my own verse. Uh, so, like, all you know is robots are bad, and you're a robot that has to uh, fight off all the other bad robots. Um, so you do so by moving on the screen right, and you just keep walking right. Uh, you, you shoot lemons at people too, if you feel like it. Um, that's always been a favorite joke of mine. Um, Fruity fresh. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's one of my favorite games of all time. Um, even just this tutorial level is, uh, just amazing, because, like, modern day games have, like, a, all these 80 bazillion th thousand words, or, you know, they pop up with a screen on the game that says, hey, you have to do this, please. And this game doesn't do that. It just throws you in, and you just go. It, it doesn't stop you, it doesn't... It just lets you be you in the game. And no, no big, uh, uh, you know, storylines to set the scene or anything. You're just all, all of a sudden thrown in as, as Mega Man, and yeah. you probably, probably wouldn't even necessarily know what the context is unless you played the previous games. Yeah, which uh, I'll preface this: I never played original Mega Man. I never played any of them. So, so you played this first. Yes. Okay. All right, uh, Cage, uh, why don't you tell us more about this game uh, and when it came out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, Mega Man X debuted on Friday, December 17th, 1993 in Japan. Uh, celebrating birthdays that day were Pope Francis, actress Sarah Paulson, TV chef Duff Goldman, actress Mila Jovovich, and boxer Manny Pacquiao. And Ben. Uh, and, and Ben. ben. Goodness. <laughs> Not like this. Uh, so uh, you share your birthday with quite a few famous people, Ben. Uh, so oh, there you go. Like all of them. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny when this when this game came out, it actually confused a lot of people because uh, certain games had you been using Roman numerals for numbering properties. So there was a lot. I remember there was a lot of argument when this game came out. Is it Mega Man Ten or is it Mega Man X? And, I mean, it kind of solves itself if you actually pay attention to the storyline in there. Yeah. Um, but there was some confusion with it. 
However, the game came out to some really, really good critically uh, critic acclaim. Um, IGN giving it a nine out of ten. Nintendo Life Magazine gave it a nine out of ten. Game Pro four point seven five out of five. Uh, EGM nine out of ten. Um, and this game has been included on many greatest games of all times lists, including eighth best game in the entire SNES library from ScrewAttack.com. Uh, so, this game is, is very well-loved uh, to this day, right, and right. there are tons of people that still play it. Are you sure that's not a uh, porn site, ScrewAttack.com? Yeah, you would think so, but no, it is definitely a video game site. That's uh, That was used to be the main host of the Angry Video Game Nerd, even, uh, ScrewAttack.com. Hmm. So, um, but yeah, there's a bit about Mega Man X. All right, so Ben, uh, why don't you tell us more about the storyline and like the gameplay aspects? Where you're not, not only you said you know you're just kind of thrust into the action right off the bat, which I think uh, is is kind of typical with a lot of 2D platformers. Right. Um, they didn't really spend a lot, like uh, uh, on Doom when he was playing Black Tiger. You know, it did have kind of like an opening sequence where it, right. it shows, like, the dragons coming in and gives some background on the storyline. I think a lot of 2D, uh, like, you know, just regular Mario on the NES that I'm more familiar with, you know, you just start World 1-1, boom, you're in the action. Yeah. So right. uh, why don't you take us through some of that, the storyline that you find out as you're going through it and the gameplay aspects. As you're going through it, you re... Um... You find Discount Boba Fett, which you don't find out until later. His name is actually Vile. Um, and he just wrecks you at the very beginning of the game. He just wallops you and you, like, you jump around, you, you shoot him in the face, you do everything you want to. And it doesn't matter because you find out it's a scripted event, which is one of the um, best things about this game is it, it just makes you feel so helpless so like i can't do it i can't beat him you find out um after you find out it's a scripted event uh zero red guy who was on the screen earlier um he shows up and he says hey you could be more powerful right now you're not powerful enough to face it but you could be, and that kind of motivates you for the rest of the game. Okay, now now let me just pause you right there, because yeah. um, what you're talking about is something that I've, I've witnessed with a couple of different people, and not only this game, but other games, uh, although right. it seems to be indicative of like the Mega Man series, that you are faced with an impossible opponent. You cannot beat them. Right. You have to be defeated in order for the story to advance. Right. So so how how did that make you feel when you found that out and how did you kind of deal with that on, on a psychological level? Um That's a very good question. I don't think my four year old mind really knew what was going on. I was like four when I started gaming. Oh, okay. This is like the first thing I remember. Well, you were a young man. Yeah, I was... Like, I I'd probably, like, I'd... Mario 1, Mario 2, Mario 3 were probably my first games I ever played on the NES. Mm -hmm. But, um, as we said, this came out in 93. I was born in 94. 
So, like, this is one of my very first games, and I think that's probably why I'm so attached to it, but, um... I remember feeling very... Like, defeated? Per se? Because, mm. like, that's, what, that's how the game is designed to make you feel. Um... And then as you, I don't... as you moved past that part and you realized, oh, I had to be yeah. defeated. This guy you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, no, not this oh. guy. No, it was the guy, the, oh, right the, the purple guy. Okay. Yeah. This is the first boss. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so the screen select is different from most games. I, I know original Mega Man had it, but you can actually pick which boss order you want to fight him in. Yeah, I seem to uh, so game. as I play Yeah. Um as I play through this I do my preferred boss order. Uh so Chell Penguin is actually probably one of the easiest bosses. Because he just dodge and hit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I seem to recall that aspect too because I, I a friend of mine had this, and I remember being over their house and that that aspect of it where you get to choose where you're going next was kind of different than other games I had played at the at the time. Right. Yeah, because like Mario is like very linear. Uh, Zelda, you can do out of order in the first one, but like it's definitely not recommended. Mm -hmm. Isaac can comment on that. <laughs> don't, don't start out with the sixth temple. It's very yeah. difficult. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely would not do that. Yeah, there's there's that startup screen where you can basically choose your which boss you're going to next. And I, yeah, I mean, I kind of took that as you're just entering like this this boss's domain. And you're going through their world to get to them at the end. And right. uh, and it was just, you know, a nice choice they gave you. You could do it in whatever order you wanted. Now, right. Now, uh, with that varying from other 2D platformers at the time, uh, are you um, are you able to find throughout, like, certain levels uh, other weapons that increase... Your, you know, how powerful you are, or your effectiveness that yes. help you. Like, you want to go get into this boss's world first to go get this thing, and yeah, and that'll help so, you in the rest of it. Yeah, so like in in Chill Penguin stage, the previous stage before this one, um, you get a boost boot basically. So it makes it so you can slide like I just did there. Mm -hmm. Um. Uh, there's five capsules throughout the levels. Um, the fifth one being a super secret one that not a lot of people apparently knew about back in the 90s. Um, but yeah, there's a helmet upgrade, a boots upgrade, a blaster upgrade, and an armor upgrade. Hmm. Ben, what's, is, is that fifth uh, hidden one? Is it a fireball? No, it is a... Uh, if you've ever played Street Fighter, Hadouken. Or fireball. Whatever. 
I mean, that's basically, that's gotta be what a Hadouken is, right? <laughs> oh my gosh, the fireball. <laughs> yeah, but, but what, what kid is gonna call it a Hadouken? Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, like, Mega Man says it as he shoots it, but, like, I never played Street Fighter, and I honestly didn't know about it until, like, I was probably about 16, 14, 15, somewhere in there. Hmm. Well, if you have any uh, questions for uh, Ben of the Gaming Avengers, the the unabashed uh, leader of the Gaming Avengers, he would be happy to answer them for you, but just go ahead and put them in our live chat there and we'll be happy to ask. Um, so, what is it about Mega Man X or anything else that you've now played in the series that, that keeps drawing you back to this... Um, particular game, uh, things that are uh, the reasons why it still holds a special place in your heart? Um, it was probably one of the first games I could actually like, play alone. Like, usually, I, I've had... Most of you know about Handband, but I also have an older brother. Um, so, sharing the controller happened a lot. Uh, you'll notice, uh, that's why I prefer Diddy Kong, that's why I prefer Luigi player number two options. I was always the younger brother. Hmm. Um, Mega Man X was like, like kind of the first one where it was to just be me. So, I don't know. And go ahead, Cage. Let's say, yeah, we got quite a few uh, options uh, or questions coming up in the chat here. Um, so, uh, again, our wonderful Joel asking the hard-hitting questions. Oh, what, is, what is your favorite song from the soundtrack of this game, and why isn't it Storm Eagle? Oh, it's gotta be Storm Eagle. <laughs> uh, second ch choice would actually be the uh, opening level of the game. Third choice, uh, probably the uh, stage select screen. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so both Kaji Blaze and Isaac have asked, what is your favorite Mega Man stage? And to add on to that, Isaac also asks, what's your favorite Mega Man boss? That's a good question. I never thought about that. Uh, it's gotta be like Storm Eagle, Storm Eagle, Storm Eagle. <laughs> uh, like you see in this, uh, like you're supposed to do him like Technically, he's, like, one of the last ones you're supposed to do, but I like getting that helmet upgrade earlier. And you'll see why in this stage. I try to exploit getting the helmet earlier than most people, but, um... Basically, he's, like, one of the few ones where you actually, like... Uh, whatever, I've done the boss order so many different times that... Um... I just prefer going after Storm Eagle, like, second. See right there, I was trying to get the weapon upgrade and I failed miserably. Um... I don't know, it, uh, Storm Eagle just, like, he swoops in, he's very menacing, and he's, like, throws you around, he, like, blows you off the stage, or tries to, anyway. You know, uh, Storm Eagle in itself is an interesting character because, like, in the lore of Mega Man X, so, like, 
the bad guy used to be the leader of like the good guys, right? And sure. the, the eight robots you're fighting are the the robots that used to make up his team. And they all went berserk, except for in the actual lore, Storm Eagle did not go berserk like they did. He just he just followed Sigma because he had the sense of loyalty that this was my commander. Like, I'm just going to continue oh. following him. Sure. Now, um, you said you, uh, prior to this, you hadn't played any of the previous Mega Man uh, games. Have uh, I'm assuming you have since gone back and played at least some of those. And you know, how does that compare to this? And is this still your favorite? Um, yeah, so I have played one and two. I did go back and play those. I've never beaten. So that's a goal I have. Um, this is still my favorite just because this, uh, practice makes perfect. So, like, every run, like, I'm gonna sound like a speedrunner here, but, like, every time, um, I come back to this game, it's usually about every three or four months, maybe. Mm. Um, I usually play it when I'm, like, feeling down or I just want to, like, feel good about myself. Um... It, every t every run becomes like go longer without getting hit. I can do each level slightly faster. I bet you know. I know that you don't speed run this game, but uh, a question I had for you was: um, so when I was a kid, I never really thought about it like this. Uh, playing this back through as an adult, looking at some of like pro strats for the uh, game would be to remap your dash button to the shoulder button versus keeping it on a, the A button, which is kind of a weird oh. spot if you're trying to do everything. Do right. you remap it, or do you keep it as the A button? I keep it as the A button. Okay. Uh, because I didn't know you could remap, like, even on the Super Nintendo? Yeah, I, I didn't either until just a few years ago, honestly. How do you... There's some way to remap it? I'll talk to you about it offline. <laughs> okay, sure, okay. Well, and uh, on that same note, I mean, uh, Slight of Game brought up that uh, apparently there's a way that you can continue from where you last died in Super Mario that I never knew about. And it had I never do that. Yeah, it had something to do with uh, pressing select and up or something. I, I'd have to go back and see because now I'm fucking mad that I didn't know that as a kid. <laughs> You know, trying to beat Super Mario right. One, and and yeah. never being able—I I don't think as a kid I ever did it. Uh, I I think maybe as an adult I did. So, in any case, uh, are you looking at speedrunning this in the near future? Because you have beaten this now, right? Yes. Uh, I don't know. Like I've thought about it. What would be holding you back, you think, from making an attempt like that? Uh... I, I don't know. I think just... 
I, I, I tend to make a lot of mis mistakes as a gamer and um, I don't I, I just don't trust myself maybe enough I don't know well you, you gotta get some uh, some of that uh, Isaac gamer God yeah exactly confidence <laughs> got channel later Isaac and I forgot, Isaac, I wanted to ask you, did you consider uh, speedrunning Donkey Kong 64? I have not. I'm, I'm not huge into speedrunning, so... Mm. Okay. Well, that's fine. It's not for everybody. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, like, I, I agree with Ben on there. Honestly, if there if there is one game that is in kind of, like, my repertoire that I could speedrun, honestly, it would probably be this you know, this game itself, and, like, when I, when I do my playthrough of Mega Man, I, I make a lot of stupid mistakes, it takes me a while to get certain things, uh, or whatever, and honestly, at the end of the day, I don't want to, I don't want to take away from my enjoyment that I have playing right. this game, so, I, I could completely understand with Ben on this. All right. Uh, are we caught um, up on questions? I have one last one uh, that was in chat so far. Um, Abby actually uh, put in chat, wanted to know, has this game affected the way you look at other games, even if they're in a different style of game? Yes. Um, I, I see this as, like, the pinnacle of gaming. And, like... A lot of modern games, they over-tutorialize, they do weird game design stuff that they shouldn't do. And like, I don't know, this game just nails every aspect. The music, the graphics, the level design, uh, the sense of accomplishment, the sense of just feeling feels in gameplay. Uh, not a lot of games do that anymore. It's usually like a cutscene. It's usually um, like uh, scripted fights. Scripted fights do this too. Like you, you beat the person in the game but then um, now all of a sudden you lose in the cutscene. Like that's that doesn't, that's not enjoyment for me. Well and even more it, it's so still, um, like, I, I've seen, I, I think The Walking Dead is one, the newer Walking Dead that came out, and a couple of these other games, where it's like 75-80% cutscenes, and then you're just mm -hmm. pressing a button randomly every so often to try uh, Man of Medan, which I mean, don't you That's 90% get... of the games that I, that I, I mean, that I was touching on, that's 90% of those games. Right. Mostly cutscenes. Right, but that, what I'm saying is, obviously, that's that's a different gameplay experience. That's that's you wanting right. to go right. through a storyline, and and like in the case of Man of Medan and and that whole series, you're you're actually it's a it's a choose your own adventure on a video game format. But um, you know, I, I I I can understand what you're talking about, where you're saying like maybe maybe gaming. The actual act of, of playing a video game 
it could be more aptly described by this sort of gameplay experience that doesn't have all that extra stuff that kind of blends a video game with a movie. So, I, I get where you're coming from, I think, on that. Like, if you, if you want to try to, you know, maybe fill, fill a nostalgic feel for what gameplay was back in the 80s and the 90s, it was this. Because we didn't have all these cutscenes and and movie-esque storylines to, to play through. And right. that that came a little bit later. And yeah, that's gaming now, but it's it's also very different from where it started. <laughs> yeah. And I do want to preface, I do enjoy some of those games that are more story-based. Like, there is a time for that, but... I don't know. Oh, it's okay. Um, especially because, you know, everybody's got their own preferences. I mean, that's part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is because there's so many different things, so many different facets of it. It doesn't even just have to be a video game. We're uh, hopefully going to be having some guests coming up uh, before the end of the season, if not in, in the beginning of season two where we're going to be exploring some tabletop and some some uh, dice and card games um, that were popular back then, including, you know, Magic the Gathering and uh, some of these oh, yeah. other things that, I mean, you know, it doesn't have to be a video game to hold, you know, uh, memories right. and, and and be a, uh, a gaming experience that is, is uh, valuable to you. So, um, yeah, like, go ahead, Ben. Oh, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, this to answer the question, I kind of went out a weird tangent, but yeah, uh, it has affected me, and uh, like, I don't know, the the real world and video game world, um, video games can actually control what's happening, and I think that's why I game so much. Is you're in control, whereas life isn't. You're in control. So that's completely understandable. Yeah, I don't know if we've really explored like that so much. So this is maybe the perfect opportunity. The the psychological aspect of using a video game as a means of escape or as a means right. of relaxation. You know, like you've had a stressful day and you you boot up Mega Man X in order to reset yourself yeah. and and you know get back to feeling more normal. Yeah. So, uh, is there other games besides Mega Man? Because I, I you said that um, you play this fairly often, as yeah. opposed to maybe some of our other uh... guests that have not necessarily. You know, they revisited right. it in a while. This this game that is their favorite, or you know, very important to them from their past. But it it seems to me that that's a, you know a, a big aspect of the way you live your gamer lifestyle is is revisiting this in order to use it as something uh, as a benefit to you. Yeah. Um. If I had to say, especially now, Zelda games. Zelda games have a special place in my heart now, um, more so than before. Like, 
back in 1998 when we got Ocarina of Time. Uh, that whole spoiler alert uh, plot twist with uh, Sheik. Uh, that was that was something all three of us siblings shared together. Because like we would watch the older one play. So yeah, that was that was a nice little like. And now, now we do that with the Gaming Avengers, so. Uh, ben, so uh, Joel wants to know, you know, when you do boot up Mega Man X now, it, do you complete it? Uh, uh, more often than not, when you do boot it up, do you yeah. actually sit there and play to completion? Yes. Uh, it's funny you, you ask that, because that's 100% what I did, like, I cut off the gameplay, and then I continued to beat the game. Even just in so, recording that for this, because we yeah. only got a half an hour. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I went through and beat the rest of the game. I was like, no, I can't leave it unfinished. Well, see, now I feel like I'm missing out on that, the end of that. <laughs> well, you'll see it again at some point in the future, Scotty. Yeah. So, yeah. Hashtag X-Squad. X-Squad. <laughs> yeah, actually, Cage, why don't you go ahead and talk about that while we're on that subject? Oh, uh, so uh, there isn't a ton to talk about it just yet. Um, the whole idea of this Xplod project that we're doing kind of came about from uh, our wonderful own Ingle Doom. Uh, Doom loves him some Mega Man, like old school Mega Man, NES, like Mega Man 2 specifically, right? One day he tried playing Mega Man X, and for anyone who's played the original Mega Mans and played Mega Man X, they are very, very different yes. games. Um, Doom wasn't really able to get as far into X as he would like to, so we had started talking about, between me and him, about the idea that I would kind of quote-unquote teach him how to play Mega Man X uh, for it being different than the original Mega Man's. Um, and that kind of grew into an idea of Ben also joining us um, and uh, Mr. Wrong joining us and me and Ben being the quote-unquote kind of like masters of the gameplay and teaching them how to play it while all four of us are simultaneously playing the game on a stream. Um, we don't have an actual date set or anything like that, unfortunately, for that, but uh, it, it is a project that I very much I'm looking forward to doing here in the future. So, All right, so you can watch for that on Cage's channel. So let me go through, especially if you're listening on the uh, audio version of the podcast, um, you, the way, uh, or rather the place, where we do the uh, live recording broadcast of the podcast is on my channel, which is twitch.tv slash ebc2021. And uh, we do want to encourage you to stop by at some point. Uh, like I said, we, we try to record it approximately every two weeks, but sometimes that ends up changing, uh, especially based on getting people together various work schedules and real life stuff and all this thing that changes it so uh almost always it's on a saturday or sunday and what i would recommend is that if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast and you want to check out the 
live recording on Twitch, then just go to the website, which is twitch.t or uh, www.ebc2021.com because that's where I maintain the schedule for my channel. And uh, usually that's pretty accurate about uh, a week out. And I make sure that that's, you know, going to reflect anything like the upcoming uh, episodes of the podcast we're recording and when that's going to be. Um, like, I, we're going to have um, a gamer coming up very soon, potentially our next episode, but maybe, maybe more than that, uh, where me and Cage are going to have to do it in the morning because this person is 11 hours ahead of us. They are literally across on the other side of the world. And so it will be their late evening when it's our early morning and we're having to do that kind of a timing in order to have them as a guest on a live uh, podcast. So uh, just check out the schedule. You'll, you'll see what's happening. Uh, I also have linked on the website there uh, both my co-host Legion Cage and our guest for this evening, the Gaming Avengers. Uh, and, and what I would suggest is just checking them out because like, for instance, if you, if you're interested in seeing that, which, uh, Cage just described the X squad, these four people coming together in collaboration to play Mega Man X, uh, then that's the place you're going to want to go to see that is, is Cage's channel. Uh, I call him Cage, but his, uh, full name is Legion Cage and that's uh, twitch.tv slash, uh, spelled L-E-G-I-O-N-K-A-J-E. And then uh, finally, our guests uh, are the three Gaming Avengers, uh, all streaming on the same channel, uh, although they kind of do them in tandem, you know, might be one this day, all three the next day, you know, uh, different pairings, so uh, they, they always have different things going on. And they're at uh, twitch.tv slash thegamingavengers, exactly like it sounds, except there's a Z at the end instead of an S. So uh, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, we, we would just like to suggest that you check these people out. Uh, go to my website, uh, ebc2021.com, and all the information is right there, including the upcoming schedule for not only my channel. I do include special events for other uh, people in our community, uh, things that are coming up. So you can check that all out there. Um, all right, so I think that does it. We we answered all the questions. Yes, Cage? We don't have any outstanding questions here? Uh, one final one, actually, okay. from Abby. Uh, and Abby asked, because this wasn't specifically connected to Mega Man, but she wants to know, is there a game that Ben feels that ties you guys, and maybe just all three of you, maybe can answer or collaborate on that idea is there a game that ties you together as the gaming avengers like you play it and it makes you think of the stream or each other gotta be any zelda game currently right for me it's specifically majora's mask anytime yeah. i play majora's mask i'm like oh ben and isaac my stream buddies <laughs> But a lot of Zelda games, yeah. But for me, it's specifically Majora's Mask. Well, and 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 you three, uh, as has been uh, shown here in the last two hours, you you all have very different game styles, uh, very different approaches right. to how you game, and and yeah, you you come together, yeah, uh, you know, uh, to beat games together that maybe you you wouldn't be able to do otherwise apart 
but uh, you, all three of you bring something special to the table. What are you laughing at? Oh, no. Oh, um, <laughs> wants to know how many pairs of breakaway pants does Ben actually own? Is that ten? Zero. Ten? Ben, I'm getting it you a pair of breakaway zero. pants. Zero. Ben, I'm getting you a pair for your birthday, which is tomorrow. Uh, oh, my God. Sure, the day after. Mega Man, ten pairs of breakaway pants. <laughs> yes. Oh, my gosh. Yes, yeah, so uh, obviously, uh, if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast, there are a lot of inside jokes that we've covered here that are relative yeah. to our community that you may not understand. Uh, first of all, it's Ben's birthday every day. Uh, yes. He got married to Boozer many years ago. Uh, yes. We, we... <laughs> no, I did not. Yes, That's a lie. And oh, he, he still has issues professing his love. Yes, exactly. It, it's very uh, shy. But I mean, th these are facts, and we can't change them. Legio is the creator of facts, and and he. Malegio was <laughs> the best man at the wedding. There's there's there photographic go. evidence of this, so I mean. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to bring up a, a, a specific hashtag that uh, is no longer in use, but the breakaway pants are definitely still in play, uh, mostly because we know that that is uh, Ben's favorite style of uh, lower clothing wear. Like just, yes. you know, breakaway pants all day long mm -hmm. every day sweats mm -hmm. to be exact yeah <laughs> ben is a good sport uh we mess with yeah. him all the freaking time i mean like I, I'm, I'm, I'm honestly surprised he hasn't like poisoned us all by now <laughs> with as much as we fuck with him <laughs> oh, oh yeah there's uh, something coming up <laughs> oh oh i can't wait all right so, in any case, uh, my name is Scotty, ABC. My co-host is uh, Legion Cage, uh, also known as Kaje, uh, pronounced imperfectly. And uh, our guests this evening have been the three gaming Avengers, Ben, Abby, and Isaac. Uh, check them out on their Twitch channel. It's a fantastic time. And uh, I really appreciate everyone joining us for the Arcade Nostalgia Memories podcast. Adios, uh, uh, folks. Thank you very much for joining us, and uh, good night.